Hello, funky listeners, and welcome to another episode of Funk Radio. This is your host, this Peter. This is your host, Kyle. Hey, we said it at the same time. <laughs> well, you paused. I didn't know if you wanted me to do it. It's fine. Hello. Uh, hi. So, last episode we talked about the wonderful uh, Lego universe of Fabuland that came out in the 80s and the accompanying vinyl records that would uh, come with some of their playsets that it was it was like a like an audio storybook recording for children so they could like play with the Lego sets alongside the storylines of like these sort of audio uh, records to I don't know yeah inspire their imaginations <laughs> just like funk radio um yeah uh, i i believe the fabuland sets um we said came out in the late 70s i think and then they lasted until the late 80s um and they featured uh a cast of characters which were like anthrop- anthropomorphic animals and um uh, yeah so in the prior episode we covered the four records that are known to exist Mm -hmm. that were released by Lego during this time period. The only one of those four that was not anywhere online in terms of like preservation was the final release uh, called the Fabuland Rainbow, which came out in the U S in 1982. And uh, the other three were all in German. So this was the only english one that they had yeah yeah as we were talking about that i was uh looking through ebay and i happened to find the english version of the fabuland rainbow um vinyl um available for purchase at a reasonable price which i was surprised about so uh like any good funk researcher i ordered it (laughs) with the intent of listening to it and possibly trying to record it off of the vinyl. So yeah, we found out, as you said, Peter, that this is at least on YouTube and other places where you can look up recordings. This English version never seems to have been uploaded on the internet for anyone to enjoy, which made me very sad. So we kind of went through a journey of trying to figure out, okay, how do you record from vinyl without just like sticking a microphone in front of a speaker right you know that the the vinyl is playing through or whatever if if there's a better way to like digitally record that and there are some record players that like have like usb ports that you can like record that way but mine unfortunately doesn't so we kind of ended up doing like a technical back and forth trying to figure out like what cable do we need to do this and me and my stupidity i thought you needed like an aux cable, you know, like the, the headphone jack type cable. I thought you needed like to plug one end into like the receiver and then the other end into the computer. And then it would like, I don't know, play through the receiver and record through the computer, which kind of makes sense. Is that not how I ended up working? No, no. Um, that cable ended up not working. So I ended up having to order a cable that has like a left and right channel almost you know like the old aux cables you used to plug into um televisions it was like the red yellow and white yeah yes red and white were audio yellow was video well this cable is sort of like that it's just for audio it's red and white 
And I had to plug that into the uh, record player. And then the other end of that was like a headphone jack that you plug into the back of your computer. And I was able to record it that way through Audacity. Hmm. Into the mic port, I guess. Which is that Fox-style plug. Yeah, it's weird that it records through because on the back of most PCs, you know, there's like the different headphone jacks, one for like mic, one for headphones, whatever. There's one that's called Line In, and when you Mm. plug it into that one, it basically treats it as like the computer is the thing receiving the audio instead of, say, a speaker. So I guess you're able to kind of transcode from that. So yeah, I was able to record it on Audacity. However... The uh, record itself, obviously being from 1982, isn't exactly pristine. So there are some like pops and stuff that you hear from like vinyl recordings that are older. But um, yeah, I was able to record both sides of it. And then I sent it to you since you're like the YouTube whiz. And uh, we have, through our Funk Radio YouTube channel, which I didn't know we had, we. Well, we do now. <laughs> preserved, yeah, touche. We've preserved this digitally in English for all time for people to listen to and enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I think we're the first ones to do it, which makes it kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, not only in, in what I had been looking around when, when researching that prior episode, you know, I tried to look elsewhere, not only on YouTube, but just on the internet as a whole. And that did, there didn't seem to be much in the way of information period online, let alone like a full recording of it anywhere. Um, so as far as we know, this is the first recording of it online, despite the fact like that, like you said, I mean, it wasn't hard to find a copy of it. I guess no one had just gone through the trouble to actually track it down and record it and all that. I think it's just one of those things where it's like, it's so obscure that like anyone that even knows about it maybe has the record and anyone that doesn't, doesn't care. Um, what was interesting though, was, um, out of curiosity, I ended up posting it to the Lego subreddit, uh, r slash Lego. Oh, yeah. And I just kind of posted it as a question saying, like, hey, does anyone remember uh, the Fabuland Rainbow? And I got a decent response from it of people, like, upvoting it and saying they remembered it and stuff. So, Oh, that's cool. Um, I didn't know that people had responded to it. So, yeah. Apparently, within the Lego community, there is some fondness for this old set, even though it was made kind of prior to, I guess, what I would call, like, the golden age of Legos of, like, the 90s and 2000s. Now, the information we had found online said that this was a 7-inch flexi-disc. Now, is it a flexi-disc, or is it just a 7-inch single? I don't really know. I mean, it doesn't really seem like much of a flexi-disc to me. It it seems like about the thickness of a regular record, and it actually plays at 33 RPM as opposed to 45, like a Mm 7-inch. So it plays at normal speed. It's just smaller. It's like the size of a seven inch, if that makes sense. So interesting. I think each side is like maybe five minutes. Yeah, I think it's what is the total runtime? It was like eleven minutes total, I think. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um. So okay. So yeah, that makes sense. So um, given that it is so short, did you want to just play the whole thing for the listeners on the podcast, or should they just go look it up? I mean, I, I don't see any reason not to play the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, we unless Lego Lego comes in and kicks our door down, yeah, I don't see why we can't play the whole thing, just to kind of... <laughs> they're not dizzy. This thing was out of print before we were even born, so... Touche. 
Yeah, no, we can we can play it on here to preserve it. I don't know uh, how interested people will be. I mean, to so I kind of preface it, it's basically a children's book in audio form where people do like voices of different animals. It's like yeah. a fancy see and say. <laughs> how about we do it this um, way? We will have our whole discussion, and then if and then we'll put it at the end. So if people want to listen to it, then they can. But if they only want to listen to our conversation, they can end it after we're done talking. Uh, that way, that works. That make, I think that would probably make the most. I'm kind of thinking in real time here how I'm going to edit the episode. Um, I was going to say that's that's funk radio. We do things in real time. So the I wanted to ask you about the recording process. So when we were trying to figure out that process, um, some of the information I provided to you was based on our experience a couple of years ago when I got into like playing with micro cassettes. Cause we talked, we had an episode that talked about like the history of them, of that format. But then I also wanted to personally do an experiment of like, how does music sound on them? Um, and you listeners, mm-hmm. if you want, you can go to getyourfunk.com and uh, listen to that old episode. But the, the process that I ended up using for that was, it was an aux cable on both ends between the, the cassette recorder and the computer. Obviously the hardware is very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like you had to figure out something else. I mean, in my case, I had no other choice. The headphone out was the only port I could work with, but it sounds like you had something different. Yeah, and I th- I think that's the difference is with a record, depending on the complexity of your setup, I suppose. Some record players do are able to just p- plug directly into speakers and then and that's it. But other ones require what's called a receiver, which basically takes the... It's usually it's like a it can be either just a plain receiver or it's like a combination receiver amplifier, mm. and that takes the recording from the record player and does some like magic to it, and then that puts it out to uh, speakers. I don't really know how it works; it's magic. But then there's a another thing you can do to kind of get even more complex, where you can have what's called a preamp, where you have the record player plugged into this thing called a preamp, and that preamp then plugs into the receiver. The preamp kind of, for lack of a better term, kind of amplifies and cleans up the audio a little bit before it goes to the receiver. Hmm. And because that preamp has an in and an out, the in is where the record player plugs into, and the out normally goes to a receiver. I just unplugged the out from the, to the receiver and plugged in that cable that I bought, so the out went to the computer. And by going to the computer, I could play the record as normal, but then open up a recording program like like I use here, Audacity, and basically press record, and it'll record what the needle is on the record player is picking up as like a digital file, so to speak. Interesting. Yeah, and you had said something when you sent it to me. You said, oh, I don't know if you want to clean it up or anything. I, I didn't end up touching it in that way. Um because I use Adobe Audition and like there are, and I think uh, uh, Audacity has similar functionality in terms of like noise reduction and all that. I, I just chose to leave it in its like natural form, basically. Also, when you get into like pops and stuff, like some of that ends up being kind of uh, like manual corrections. And I was like, it's not really worth the time. Honestly. Mm. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know if there was a way to like somehow lower the frequency of like the pops or not um, uh there there certainly may be ways to do that i've never really like worked with uh like vinyl recordings before 
Yeah, and the pops are so randomly spread out throughout the thing, and make you may end up cutting into like actual mm-hmm. audio, unlike if you were to use like a pop filter on like speech or whatever. Right. But yeah, no, it it sounded decent. Like I said, the record's old, so it's not in the best of shape. But uh, it was a decent price on eBay, and now we've been able to kind of digitally preserve it online for future children to enjoy i guess <laughs> the problem is the only the only problem is pe- kids are gonna have to if they enjoy it in the future track down the fabuland play sets from lego which obviously also aren't made anymore um and the accompanying book that this like reads along with yeah <laughs> and the accompanying book that this audio goes with so it's like it's like a scavenger hunt for kids like if you collect these three things you can you can you should have the entire story Right. Um, so it's pretty obscure that way. Yeah, and I've never seen any copies of, or in terms of like images or even like a PDF or something of the book online. I've never seen anything like that. So I'm sure yeah. you could probably track it down somewhere like on eBay or a similar site, but I didn't look. Yeah, and I know you said that to like Lego collectors and, and stuff like the Fabuland sets are pretty well-known because of like certain pieces that they developed that were only for those sets so if you're like a a lego super fan or a collector i guess this might have some appeal to you but i don't think it's going to appeal to like a broader audience or like current lego fans that are kids right so on on the subject of like preserving rare records so do you have any other records in your collection that would be considered rare or like in the Not, sense that, like, you couldn't find them anywhere online. In, like, the, the recordings, I mean. I see what you're saying. Um, they're, some are rare in the sense that there's not many of them printed in record form, but they're not rare as in you can't find a digital way to listen to these pretty easily. Got it. Um, yeah, I don't think I have any records that, like, you couldn't easily just Google on, or look up on Spotify and probably find the same songs. That's, yeah. in fact, as a record collector... Sometimes that's a little bit of a defeating thing that, you know, something that you could easily look up online and listen to for free on Spotify or YouTube. If the record is a limited print, you could be paying 40 dollars 60 to listen to it on vinyl where you could basically get right. it for free for di- on digital. Well, and, you know, I, I mean, obviously, I think part of the whole point of vinyl is that, like, tangible experience anyway. But I do want to see what you mean of, like can you really justify spending 40 bucks on something you can literally do in two clicks, listen to it on Spotify? And- yeah. It's kind of like, I have to really like the music or really like the artist to yeah. put, put forth the effort to get a vinyl version of something as opposed to just being able to listen to it on Spotify. For like, for example, I know we've talked about this artist before that, that uh, sort of EDM hip hop artist, new Um, mm-hmm. You can find his stuff all over YouTube, it's all over Spotify, it's all free, but because there wasn't a lot of printing, uh, vinyl printings of his work, they go for like 50 or 60 bucks, but I really uh, dig dug his sound, so yeah, it's it's not like his music in general is rare, you can find it really easily, it's just they never printed a lot of vinyl of it, mostly because he was popular in that kind of early 2000s era when vinyl was kind of dying dying down Hmm. right but yeah um yeah i had fun preserving this little record um 
like I said, it's 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 it was an interesting experiment to do. It's cool that I figured out how to do it, and yeah, it's cool that that we can kind of say, hey, we were the first people to digitize this. Whether it was worth it to be digitized or not, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, so Lego community can thank us, I guess. Oh, there's one more note I wanted to make about the record itself. Um, yeah, because we. So in that prior episode, because because there were no recordings of it, we didn't know what was on the record. Mm-hmm. Um, we we knew that it was very likely a children's story because all of the other records were that. Also, I think I remember seeing that this one was bundled with a storybook, so we knew it was pretty likely that that what was on it. But yeah. I because the other records included like the theme song and all that, I was like, oh, I wonder if they re-recorded it in English for this. Um, which they did not, which made me kind of sad because that was the best part of the German ones. But um, I also was not very surprised. It kind of just launches straight into the story. Anyway, I just wanted to make that note that we learned a little bit too about what was actually on this thing. But listeners, um, if you want to hear more of our episodes, ones that we've mentioned or otherwise, uh, you can go to getyourfunk.com, find all of our episodes there and, Use the search bar to find whatever you want. Um, you can also find us on Spotify and iTunes and stuff like that. So I guess from this point, we will play the record in, in its entirety. Like I said, it's about 11 minutes. Um, for those who want to stick around for the whole thing, feel free. But if not, um, you'll hear us next time on Funk, on Radio. Funk Radio. This has been your <laughs> host, Kyle. And this has been your host, Peter. Thanks for being the listeners. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the wonderful world of the Fabuland Village. This record tells a story about what happened in the Fabuland Village one day when all the animals saw a rainbow and, (laughs) well, you'll find out what happened as you follow the story in your storybook. Open your book and read the title with me. The Fabuland Rainbow. And every time you hear this sound, you will know it's time to turn the page. Now, turn to the beginning of the story. The Fabuland Village is a world all its own. It is a place full of surprises where animal playmates have adventures every day. One day, after a rainstorm, a giant rainbow appeared over the Fabuland village. Rodney Raccoon, high up in a tree, saw the rainbow first. Chester Chimp and Perry Panda were washing windows. They saw the rainbow, too. A rainbow, cheered Chester. There's always a treasure at the end of a rainbow. Fire Chief Bart Bulldog saw the rainbow. So did Bert Bulldog, the police chief. Bert said, we'll have a treasure hunt. Let's call a meeting to tell everyone. So Bart and Bert put out the meeting flag in front of the fire and police headquarters.
Patrick Parrot and Clover Cow were in the town square. Patrick was the Fabuland news photographer. He was taking a picture of the flowers Clover had planted. They saw the rainbow and the meeting flag. And they guessed right away what was happening. A treasure hunt, said Clover. And a news story, too, added Patrick. Clover called to Rufus Rabbit, who was passing by. Rufus, run and tell everyone to be here at noon. We're going to find the treasure at the end of the rainbow. How about that? said Rufus, looking up at the sky. So Rufus hurried along until he met Cornelius' cat fishing at the pond. And he called out to Buzzy Bulldog, who was delivering the mail. Be sure you both come, Rufus said. We're going on a treasure hunt. Cornelius' cat looked up at the rainbow arching across the sky. The best treasure of all is good fresh fish, he said to himself. Then he thought of a wonderful surprise. He picked up his fish and headed for the rainbow. Buzzy Bulldog also looked up at the rainbow. Treasure hunt indeed, he thought. The best treasure of all is to get a nice letter. Then he had an idea. He reached into his mailbag to be sure he had pen and paper. And he set off toward the rainbow too. Rufus Rabbit ran into the bakery shop where he found Fillmore Fox and Penelope Pig baking bread. Rufus had been running so fast he could hardly talk. All he could say was, Puff, puff, treasure hunt, end of rainbow. Wonderful, said Fillmore. But Penelope was thinking, the best treasure is nice fresh bread. She sneaked behind the bakery and grabbed some warm bread off the shelf. Then she tiptoed away and headed for the rainbow. Rufus called out, Bonnie, come with us to the end of the rainbow to find the treasure. Bonnie was surprised. A treasure, she said. Could that be true? Bonnie continued on her drive into the country until she reached Lucy Lamb's country cottage. Lucy waved. Did you see that lovely rainbow? She asked. 
Yes, answered Bonnie. And everyone is off to find a treasure at the end of it. Imagine that. And away she drove. Lucy's eyes opened wide with pleasure. The best treasure of all is lots of colorful flowers, she said. Then she had an idea. She picked an armful of flowers and started off for the rainbow. As Bonnie Bunny continued on her way, she had an idea too. That old trunk I carry with me for camping looks just like a treasure chest. If I left it at the end of the rainbow, wouldn't everybody be surprised? Back at the fire and police headquarters, everyone was getting ready to go. I brought my shovel to dig up the treasure, said Elmer Elephant. Everybody tried to climb into Barney Bear's car. But there are too many of you to fit, said Barney. Some will have to walk. But not everyone is here yet, said Clover. What do you suppose has happened to Buzzy and Cornelius and the others? I told everyone to come, piped up Rufus Rabbit. But nobody had told Charlie Crow to come. Charlie was the Fabuland garbage collector. It was his day off, and he was out for a drive in the country. Suddenly, he saw the rainbow smack in front of him. He stopped his carry-all with a screech. Isn't that beautiful? He said, but then he saw something else. He saw some fish and a lot of bread and a big pile of papers that looked like letters. And look at all those flowers thrown around, he said. What a mess. I had better clean it up. But because it was his day off, Charlie had left his garbage can behind. Then he saw the old trunk that Bonnie had left. I'll just put all this mess into the trunk for now, he said. Suddenly, he heard a clamor of voices. We made it! We're at the end of the rainbow, and there's the treasure chest. Treasure chest, said Charlie Crow in surprise. Clover opened up the trunk. She pulled out the bread, the fish, and the flowers. Oh, and look, she said, there's a letter here for every one of us. This isn't quite what I expected, said Rufus. 
Suddenly, Barney and Lucy and Cornelius and Buzzy and Penelope all jumped out of the bushes where they had been hiding. Surprise! said Barney. It's a picnic. <laughs> a picnic at the end of the rainbow. Everyone <laughs> laughed. <laughs> As they were all enjoying the picnic, Patrick took out his camera. As Patrick snapped everyone's picture, he asked, What did you find at the end of the rainbow? We found fun and friends, said Rufus, and all the animals cheered. Hooray! 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 Hooray